welcome to Imagine Amazing, Oregon HFMA's podcast with its current president, Kelly Smith. My name is Jeff Johnson. I'm your host, and I am joined today with our president, Ms. Kelly Smith. Welcome. Thank you. Now, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what to expect in this podcast? Sure. We always like to make sure we're touching on current events and talking a little bit about what the chapter's been doing and what we've got planned for the future. So I'll touch on that. And then also, hot off the press, just learned about another potential house bill, 5330. So we'll talk a little on that topic, as well as introduce a guest speaker that's with us today to talk about what keeps her up at night. Oh, very good. So I'm excited to hear a little bit about what's trending in the chapter. And then, of course, find out a little bit more about this house bill, 5330. I'm also sitting across from our guests. I'm very excited to interact with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tell me a little bit more. Last time we were together, we interviewed a lot of people. We had some people talking about the Western Region Symposium. I believe Kim Carter joined us. Can you tell us how that went since that already happened? It was a total blast. So we just finished up last month. It was in the Paris Hotel and Las Vegas, of course. And what I didn't know until this year was it was actually the 22nd annual Western Region Symposium. That's a lot. Can you, that's a lot. It's a lot. I had yeah. no idea it had been going on that, that many years, but something really special about this last one is it was a record high attendance for that conference. Over a thousand people. And one thing they always are looking for is how do we make sure it's a good mix of vendors and providers and payers. So a lot of effort this year to make sure that that was a success. What do you think the difference was to bring out all of those different providers? Well, I do give Kim a lot of credit. She was one of the active members for the Western Region trying to encourage more provider registration. And this year, again, we did a host your provider. So a couple different things. We offered a discount for any provider who was manager or above to attend and 50% off. I think it was a $300 discount. Yeah, $300 yeah, discount. Yeah, not... not chump change and then also for any provider who hadn't been there in the last two years we actually offered a 100% discount for free registration to attend. That's amazing and how many did the Oregon chapter have by chance? I think Oregon ended up bringing about 11 hosted providers. That's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah and and the feedback has been phenomenal in fact I believe in sitting with the committee for anyone listening if you're interested in going next year to the western region symposium i believe it's been decided that they are going to open that up to anyone in the western region to automatically get those discounts at even a deeper Hmm. level if you're a provider for next year um if you're outside of the regions then and you're a provider that wants to attend obviously you'll pay a little bit interestingly enough when i was there at the conference kelly i ran into people from maine who had come out to enjoy the conference as well. So I do believe it was well received. Encourage anyone listening to join us next year. It'll be in January mm-hmm. again at the Paris Hotel and Convention Center. More to come in a future podcast. And just also a reminder, always looking for volunteers. So if anybody's interested in not only attending, but volunteering to be part of the programs, we're actively recruiting. And I'll just put out there a goal to get more providers. So last year we had 270 providers attend. This year we had 340. So it would be great to see that continue to increase. Yeah, and I do believe the goal is actually 400. Hmm. So if we can get that, that'd be amazing. Were there any other cool activities that happened at the Western Region Symposium? Oh, always tons of activities. The theme this year was so much fun. 
with the Western theme. And so they had a bull riding contest and brought in a bull. I couldn't do it because I was wearing a skirt and that wasn't going to work very well. But <laughs> I, I enjoyed watching a lot of people try and, and top that. And I will say skirts weren't a detraction for some people. That's true. We have videos. <laughs> we do. And there were some old-fashioned pictures that we took part of and... I think there was like a, a launch your armadillo competition, and it was really a lot of and fun. There was a puppy corral. Puppy corral, yeah. It was totally amazing. I didn't realize the puppies were up for adoption, but you could actually adopt them at the conference, and that was, if I could have not had to put them in a suitcase and bring them home, I knew that might have happened. Oh, wow. I well, your, your husband's probably very good. <laughs> yeah, true. And I, great speakers. I mean, truly, some absolutely amazing speakers and education content. Some really good keynotes, some that I'd never heard before, with some really inspiring stories. So, and so much fun on the networking. Yes, I, endless people to interact with. I was also very impressed because there was a video competition that happened between the different chapters. That was very fascinating. Can you tell us a little bit about how just how did Oregon fare in that whole video competition? Well, you'll never guess. Well, I, I want to know. <laughs> So we were the winners of the video competition. Yeah. Congratulations, Oregon. It was a lot of fun for anybody who came to our conference in July. We did a line dancing activity uh, with music, also created a number of emojis for our chapter leadership. We did a really fun song and dance, so to speak, and submitted it, and we were announced as winners. So I have a beautiful trophy that I get to bring to our next conference and share with our members. That's awesome. Are we going to also play that video for everyone at the I think conference? we have to. All right. Yeah. And it's, uh, we'll probably place it out there on the YouTube channel as well. So if anyone's interested, they can go to YouTube, type in Oregon HFMA, and be able to watch that video. We will do that. I think it's there. I think it is there. Yeah. But just in case anyone's listening and wants to check it out, they can do that. That's a very exciting. So um, for our listeners who couldn't attend this year um, and they're interested next year, what would you tell them? I would just remind we are at the Paris again next year. So next January, save the date. A lot of information comes out in the summer, fall. So be looking around that time. But it's generally the second week in January. All right. Very good. like to jump into our guest who's sitting here with us today and talk a little bit with her. Of course, I'm so excited. This month I've invited Meredith Peterson to join and I'll let her talk a little bit about herself, but very excited also that Meredith is this year's chapter secretary. So happy to have her share a little bit about what that role is and what she does both for the chapter and professionally. Awesome. Sure. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm Meredith. I'm the Vice President of Finance at Tuality Healthcare, a OHSU partner located out in Hillsborough. And so in my role, I'm the fiduciary for the organization and have responsibility for budgeting and forecasting, analytics, um, accounting functions, including banking and payroll. So I'm keeping quite busy, so it's really fun and exciting. How long have you been there now? um, Just over one year, so still learning the ropes, but um, I'm really excited and happy to be there and working closely with my OHSU partners. Mm -hmm. So that's um, amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a big task in today's (laughs) healthcare environment 
to be responsible for all of that. And I'm sure our listeners who are familiar with healthcare finance understand that that's no small task. No, but have a great team and it's um, certainly fun to learn and uh, grow in the organization. So really amazing opportunity. So having lots of fun and learning a lot. (laughs) I'm sure you are. So I'm sure there are things that keep you up at night. Yeah, so um, certainly right now the latest and greatest um, uh, question that keeps coming up on a daily basis is really cost containment. And so certainly as we're looking forward to the next year, we're thinking ahead strategically about how we want to meet our goals and um, certainly our financial objectives, but also maintain high quality and service standards. So it's really important to look at a balanced scorecard. Mm -hmm. Um, People are our greatest asset also our biggest expense on the income statement. So really super excited this year. Um, We're piloting a project to implement daily productivity standards um, or uh, check-ins. So people periodically throughout the day um, on each unit check in with our staffing and their volumes. And really it's making those decisions routinely on the fly each and every day. Is this the right staffing level I need? Mm And I'm really proud to say that we have achieved an 11% goal um, when we compare this year to last, Mm -hmm. and we haven't even implemented it across the entire organization, so it's a phased approach. So lots and lots of hard work by operations, so certainly um, that's really exciting news to report, and people are very engaged in that work. Wow, that's amazing. Quick question for Mm -hmm. you. I read an article, I believe it was through Becker's, that just had done a survey of the finance directors and CFOs throughout the nation. And in that survey, they stated that the one thing that every single one of them would be willing in 2020 to do is invest in more technology. Mm -hmm. So is there a technology that you guys are looking at that will also help with that cost containment? So there is. So we are working with a vendor who um, is is a consultant on site and also has a technology perfect shift, so we'll give them a little plug. And so they're great to work with. They're on site all the time, but it's a, it's a it's an online tool people can use to check their staffing levels, and it's really interactive. There's apps and everything, so really kind of modern day technology. And we're also implementing new, um, uh, new financial tools as well, so that will feed in and um, will, uh, feed into our biweekly productivity and monthly uh, financial tools. What does that look like? Is that that you have staff that are available on call to bring in if it looks like you're going to need more, or is it a potential that you are overstaffed and you have a flex schedule to send folks home? What does both? That, yep, both. 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 So certainly folks are on call. We have per diems in the clinical areas so they can come in as needed as census sh- uh, surges. And then people are really mindful about when the volume doesn't dictate staffing. If they can, they will go home. And, um, you know, that in certain times of the year that benefits them. And certainly we want to protect their um uh, their paychecks as well because you know everybody is dependent upon their paycheck for their personal lives so we want to be mindful of our employees too and not um, overdo it and right. you've fa- you said you're phasing this in so you've started with a few select groups and yep. how are the employees reacting um, you know so with any change that's that's a transition mm-hmm. so and but 
you know, people are poking at the data and really the data is holding up. So that's really kind of amazing. We're encouraging people to get in and really, really understand their business. And it's exciting to have that data to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking anecdotally anymore. We have something to support our uh, decision making. Mm -hmm. Well, first I have to say it's so impressive that you saw such a big increase right away with doing such it's not a small no, thing no. that you did, but it's compared to your overall function, yeah. it's it's impressive that you got such a quick result. But yeah. I had a question as you were explaining it, yeah. where you send people home. I understand Portland traffic; it's challenging. Yeah. If they go home and then suddenly there's a surge and they have to come back, mm-hmm. how does that impact your times in staffing? How do you work through? That. I, I, yeah, like the, in each clinical area, they have different standards that they need to um, keep. So certainly, we have um, contractual language for those staff that they need to keep within a certain mile dif- uh, uh, distance from the hospital, so they can come in quickly. So, mm-hmm. of course, patient care is our first priority. Very good. Good answer, by the way, yes. too. And also, would help those instances where. We're, you're down on staffing mm-hmm. and supporting the employees that in those instances yeah. too you're bringing in more resources yes. to provide the best care that's necessary yes. yeah yes. that's neat I yes. haven't heard of organization doing yeah. that yet yeah so it's super fun work and certainly put a plug in it's really really um, important to have a great relationship between finance and operations and really building that trusting relationship my goal for the finance team is if someone has an idea out in operations one of their first calls is like talking to their finance partner and saying hey I have this idea what do you think and we really want to be an advocate for them and help them um, run their business and and, um, improve patient care it's impressive. Mm-hmm. You must dream in numbers. That's what I'm thinking, <laughs> right? Sometimes. Cost containment. So, yes. How do we bring so it down? Fun. Yes. So is that the number one thing that keeps you up at night? Is just that cost containment? It, is there, are certain. there other things that are out there for you, kind of worrying you a little bit? Yeah, certainly. Um, We're spending a lot of time looking at capital planning and looking at facilities and really making sure that the organization is thinking ahead and really being mindful, not just next year, but five years, 10 years, 20 years out as the population grows. And, um, you know, those of you out in the world listening to this that work in community hospitals, um, there's not a lot of funding to go around. It can be really difficult and really um, ha- really prioritizing your decisions with both the strategy in the out years and marrying that with what needs to be done right now. Like all those break fixes that things happen on a routine basis that, that require funding and really managing that. So for you, what would be the perfect environment or the perfect day for you oh gosh in your role perfect day so you come to work Uh, and and what's all fallen into place for you oh you know the perfect day at work I love um being out in the hospital that's where I get a lot of energy so really partnering with operations to have some of those conversations about what we want to do next so that's super fun thinking about um you know how to change the facility and change how we do business to care for our patients. So that's rewarding, it's energizing, and really exciting to think about. So that would be a, an amazing day. Mm-hmm. Amazing day, yeah. love it. Yeah. A lot of moving pieces, yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Everything that you guys are trying to t- tackle. Fun. And of course, 
cost containment being so important to help deliver the type of um, healthcare that we need. Yeah, and certainly we all know that people are making decisions with their pocketbooks, so it's important for us to provide cost-efficient care um, because you know, people have choices, so um, we want to do the right thing by our patients. Very good. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between Tuality and OHSU. Just curious, you brought yeah. up that there's a partnership there. Yeah, we, uh, OHSU, or the OHSU and Tuality are a partner, so that's really exciting. Um, Adventist is a partner with OHSU as well, so it enables the health system to have a, a broad scan across the Portland metro area from east to west, so really providing um, better access for our patients. So um, the hill is very um, uh, busy at times and certainly a, a lot of patients there and so for those patients that we can care for that where it makes sense we want to um, uh, invite them out to both um, Tuality, I'll advocate for that, as well as Adventist. So I think it's a great partnership um, and um, um, has benefits for all parties involved. Yeah. And it p- provides opportunity for patients to have more touch points within the yes. community so they're not having to make the travel and the distance mm-hmm. when we have these locations. I think we're up to 53 locations. 54. 54 I locations 54 across in our the state. Adver- yeah, so mm-hmm. new advertising is going across the metro area. And so um, one of the taglines, I believe, is 54 sites, um, you know, one near you. Mm-hmm. So I convenient care. That's great. Yes. Great insight. I did not know that. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. Now, as busy as you are, yes. both of you actually, I you're also very busy with Oregon HFMA. As yeah. Kelly said, would you please share with us a little bit about what your role is and yeah. everything that you're in charge of so that people listening better understand what a secretary yeah. for Oregon HFMA does? Sure. So, yes, this is my secretary year, and it is more than simply taking notes at our board meeting, which is <laughs> one of the things I do. Um, but what really, and um, the two things that really excite me, um, the secretary is our volunteer coordinator. And so right now we're in the process of uh, uh, developing our leadership roster for the next fiscal year. And we actually have, um, either of you want to guess how many active volunteers we have. I'm going to say 42. I think it's less. Uh, 59. Oh. (laughs) So the Oregon chapter is amazing. Um, Lots of active volunteers super fun group and we have committees ranging from certainly helping us um, develop our educational content and arrange for speakers at our on-site conferences, um, folks who look at the facility sites and contract with them. Um, that's that's near and dear to my heart. It's the party planner, selecting <laughs> meal plans, snacks, uh, the social hours, um, and then you know to membership to sponsorship. So lots of opportunities. So um, I highly encourage anyone out there who wants to be a volunteer to reach out. You can reach out on the Oregon HFMA website and we will get you connected to a group that you have an interest in. And as little or much as you want to volunteer, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So again, as Meredith said, if you're interested, you can go to Mm OregonHFMA.org. Out there, you can say, meet the chapter. Mm -hmm. Under there, you're going to see Meredith's face. So if you're wondering what she looks like, she's out there. (laughs) If you click next to her, you can definitely send her a message using the little 
your email pops yep. up. Yep, my email pops up. It's so perfect. please feel free to email directly. Okay, sounds great. Yes. That is remarkable, yeah. by the way. I did Remind me that. how yeah. many years you've been with the chapter. Um, I joined HFMA. I actually had to email um, chapter relations, but since 2002. Wow. So Kudos. Yeah, yeah it yeah. goes fast. So I just realized um, in my present year it will be the 20th anniversary. Oh, so perfect. Sweet. Oh, you're one of the first faces I remember, so. I was like, it's crazy. It goes by so fast. So, um, yes, it's been a fun time, and certainly the chapter has uh, lots of educational opportunities and and lots of networking opportunities as well. And it has really grown as well. That's one thing that I've noticed about the Oregon chapter continues to grow. But with that, I still feel the magic when I'm visiting, and people are so friendly. Mm. Now, I know as a secretary, you're over all of those things that you mentioned, but there's also one other thing that's very special that comes out once a year. Yes. And that's really, you know, demonstrating to the world everything the chapter's accomplished. Yeah. So you do you want to tell us a little bit about this activity and, and what you're doing right now? Yeah, certainly. So this is the time of the year where um, the chapter is uh, developing and writing our Yerger applications. Okay, Yerger. You said yes. the word Yerger. Is that a normal word? No, it's a name. Helen <laughs> M. Yerger. And so um, it's a recognition award. And so really um, for an outstanding chapter performance in various categories. So anything from collaboration to education, improvement, innovation. So we can... Um, apply for up to four individual chapter awards and then four multi-chapter awards as well. So we'll be moving forward with um, some for the 19 and 20 uh, uh, year. And so things that we're writing Yergers on are this present podcast, so certainly we should win on that. (laughs) And, um, you know, lots of live streaming and education sessions, done a lot of work, so writing a Yerger. So really um, lots of uh, of activities. And do at the end of the month? It's pretty soon, so um, we are due at the end of the month, and um, we'll be submitting them and hope to hear back this summer on our um, on, on our recognition. Yes. Very, very exciting. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I believe that there's other recognitions also mm-hmm. when you join with other chapters and maybe regions. Do you want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that, Kelly? The joint Yerger application. Mm-hmm. So HFMA, the association, is very interested in making sure that we recognize that this is not about individual chapters competing against each other, that it really should be chapters working together for our members. And there's a lot of emphasis on collaborating and working together to make things better. And so we are doing a couple of joint Yergers this year where Oregon's participated with other chapters. So for example, we hosted our very first kickball challenge in the fall and competed against Washington, Alaska and got our leaderships together. We had an absolute blast and made some really good relationships through that that exercise and we plan to host it again. That's exciting. On the kickball one, is that written together? Does one chapter write it? Just kidding. Usually we take the two chapters talk together and decide who's going to be the author of the Yerger, but we're working together to make sure that both chapters involved are pleased with how the submission looks. So So I'm with you. I can't wait to see how many come through mm-hmm. for Oregon at the, what do they call it? At the announcement? The annual, at the annual conference. conference. There you yeah, go. Yep. Yeah. And then another one I'm excited about too is at one of our joint 
president meetings, we decided it would be really helpful to share webinars. Why not? If we're all doing work to get good speakers lined up and it's online anyway, why wouldn't we share our webinars with other chapters so that they had more education? And so we worked with Region 11 and this last year we shared a number of webinars between the chapters and we hosted more webinars than we've ever hosted this year as a result of that effort. Awesome. I love that everyone's doing that. That is collaboration mm -hmm. at its best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we all need. As members, I want to jump in and hear what's trending elsewhere, not just necessarily right where I'm at. So that's mm -hmm. very exciting. I Please have to make give. sure. And I do believe that all of those are pushed out through social media. So if you're following Oregon HFMA on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, then you'll definitely have an opportunity, or on YouTube, yeah. all of those, you'll be notified that you know, those events are happening, those mm -hmm. webinars, educational, and you can always visit OregonHFMA.org to gather that information as well. So talking about education and all those things, Kelly, is there a conference that's coming up? I do believe there's one right around the corner. We have one next week. Yay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? We're, we're very excited. So this one we're actually doing in Vancouver at the Hilton. So it's next Wednesday, February 19th through the 21st. We're still accepting registration. So anybody who's been thinking about coming but hasn't yet pulled the trigger, go check us out online and, and register. We'd love to have you. So I'm listening to the podcast. It shows up on February 19th that I actually listened to it. Can I still show up? Absolutely. We do on-site registrations. Awesome. So Very Norma good. will be happy to help you with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So feel free to join Oregon HFMA. And can you tell us a little bit about the speakers and some of the topics that will be going on at this conference? We have some really good keynote speakers. We always find excellent ones for joint sessions. So it doesn't really matter what part of healthcare you're involved in. You're going to get something out of our keynotes. I'm also really excited to have Mike Jacobson from Providence. He's an excellent speaker, very entertaining, very informed. So he's coming back to talk about denials. We have a session on ransomware. So, oh, that's uh, interesting. Uh, we, don't, we haven't had one of those in a long time, so looking forward to that one. And also process improvement, performance excellence. So we're all trying to do what Meredith was talking about, do more with less, and how do we be the most efficient we can. So looking forward to having some of our leaders from local organizations talk about what they're doing. That's exciting. I know that also one of the huge benefits through a membership with HFMA itself is just all of the educational online courses that you can take and become certified. I hear that Oregon's doing something very unique at this next conference along those lines. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? There's two things I think we're doing really neat about online conference opportunities. So we continue to do our live streaming. So if you aren't able to attend or want to tap in to listen to one particular speaker, we're offering online live streaming videos. And again, you can find information if you go to our website. We will post those. They're available real time and they're also available in our library. So if you didn't get a chance to block out your calendar, you can go back and find that later, or share with your colleagues. And the other thing that I wanted to mention we're doing is something special for our certification program. Oh, yay. Yeah. So of Tell course, us about it. Yeah, what's going on? We are always encouraging our members and attendees to look at the certification programs. And the CHFP, Certified Healthcare Financial Professional, is one of the renowned certifications that HFMA offers. It's at the national level. It's recognized. And there's it's two parts. So the first part is self-guided online education and then a test, multiple choice. 
And then part two is actually a longer test. It's about three hours is the time limit. And it's much more in line with, with strategy and how would you handle these different scenarios within healthcare. So for anybody who's actively trying to pursue their certification, if, if you've passed the first test, we're offering an on-site full-day education class type event so that those folks can come together as a team and study for the part two test and at the end of the day they actually take the test and so the hope is that at the end you're certified when you push that submit button <laughs> i did it last year and was really pleased to see the you passed you come pass. through <laughs> but it's really a way to nail down a date and so we have i think 23 people registered to come i think I'm you might be one of them and we have some others too that are yeah. going to take advantage We're of it a little nervous but excited at the same time so it's very comforting to sit with someone who pushed the button had it come back yeah. successful though your knowledge is quite different than mine and that's why this is your podcast and i'm just here to host <laughs> you'll do great uh, but anybody interested check out OregonHFMA.org. Mm-hmm. It's free. It's free. Uh, the conferences aren't free, but the certifications that's are. Right. And that's mm-hmm. a great thing if you're a member. Mm-hmm. So. And always a reminder for anybody who isn't coming to the conference, Wednesday's free to everyone. So please come meet us, come to Problem Solving, come to our board med- meeting, meet who we are, sign up to be a volunteer. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought up Problem Solving because in Problem Solving, we address a lot of the issues that are out there. And we try to address that on this podcast as well. And I know that when you came into the studio today and Meredith joined, we were just talking about something new that's a proposed bill. And this is a national bill that's sitting out there proposed by a congressman out of Michigan. And it's already gaining some traction there in the house. So we want to talk about that a little bit and it is HR 5330. And I think the purpose behind this, Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, but is just to bring knowledge to those who are listening and make you aware of, of things that are trending on the healthcare side that could have an impact on you, your organization, and the ability to get some of that money in, which is a cost mm-hmm. issue at the end of the day for Meredith. So let's talk a little bit about this House Bill 5330. My understanding, and I'll just jump in if that's okay. Of course, yeah. I was reading through it. So it was initially set up as a bill to protect anyone who has any type of medical debt or a medical um, occurrence that happened in their life to not have that reported to the credit bureaus at least for one full year after the final bill hits. But as I was reading through this, it's a little bit more interesting. So there's other conditions that they've tied into this bill. And it states that not only can no one report you to those credit bureaus if you haven't paid your bill, but it also says that they can't do it for a full year from the time of not just last bill or last payment. Hmm. So if someone's paid on day 360. Yeah, resets the clock. It for resets another. the clock for another year, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And that just delays the amount of time that someone could forever take to pay a balance that they can pay, but now they figured out that they mm-hmm. just don't have to do it. It also st- states in here that no bad debt collection can occur on that account for the same amount of time. So I think it's just important to make the listeners aware that that is being pushed through, I would just encourage anyone listening to contact your representative and 
have your voice heard. And if maybe not you, but maybe go to whoever at OHSU mm-hmm. or or Tuality and have a conversation with your representatives to make sure that they're part of that discussion. Yeah, that's really good and a good example too of what types of things we learn about through HFMA and through our local chapter is what's happening out there that maybe I wouldn't come across and yet my colleagues are finding this information and bringing it forward. And a lot of these types of bills, I, I understand that there's some good that can really be a focus on our patients and their experiences and their abilities. But then from the hospital provider side, how do you operationalize that? Right. How do you fund. manage it? You have millions of patients that are you're responsible for. So how do we make sure that we're following the law, literally, for examples like this. So this is also a very good example of something that we'll be bringing up in our problem solving. So number one, make sure that our folks are informed about this new proposed bill and also to hear what our hospitals doing. It comes right on the heels of the pricing transparency and publicly posting your prices. It also comes on the heels of making sure that we're screening all of our patients for... 400% of the FPL. Yes, exactly. And now on top of it is Thinking Extend, about the collections process. Yeah, imagine taking your entire self-pay mm-hmm. portfolio and not seeing that for a year. Mm-hmm. How would you like that? Would that impact your ability to do some cost containment? Yes. I mean, I just <laughs> yeah. think it would. It, it, As yeah, I look yeah. at that, I just don't yeah. know how it, it would. The other thing, too, is it really also further drives incentive to look at the upfront cash collection and also patient mm-hmm. estimates. How do we make sure that we're doing everything we can mm-hmm. as healthcare systems to give accurate information, the right information, collect upfront so we never get to the point where we're billing and having to collect and then manage it on the back end? Mm-hmm. Excellent point. And if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about those estimates, they can listen to our podcast number five yeah. out there for Imagine Amazing, which we actually interviewed a couple of people on what they're doing to provide those estimates to the patients. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners, Kelly, that's trending out there for Oregon HFMA or things that they should be maybe watching for in the future, say maybe May? So May is our annual conference. It's the changing of the guards. So it's when we introduce our new leadership team. So Meredith's doing a great job setting up that lineup and identifying all of our chapter leaders for the 2020-2021 year. And we, next month, will be introducing our incoming president. So she'll be a guest on our podcast and can introduce her theme because every year when we bring on our new chapter leadership we have a themed party and the incoming president gets to pick that theme so tammy will introduce that and for anyone listening if you've ever wanted to go to a conference this is one that you want to attend it is one of the funnest in the history of ever it's out (laughs) it's out there in beautiful salishan at the resort right on the coast it's just stunning Mm -hmm. And the environment is energetic. Mm-hmm. The speakers are always dynamic. Mm-hmm. The the way that everyone's they dress, whatever the theme is, yeah. and the, and the party and the live band, and it's it's truly magical. I would say, you know, if you enjoy going to Disneyland, you're definitely going to love coming to Oregon HFMA's May conference as well. So and thank you for doing this. And it's received national attention. So we actually have this year's national chair coming to our conference oh that's gonna be so, so very exciting and we also have a future chair joining as well so we're gonna have a 
couple good sessions from our national leaders speaking at our event. Very good. Again, if you'd like more information about all of our upcoming events or Oregon HFMA's upcoming events, feel free to check us out online at OregonHFMA.org. Again, that's OregonHFMA.org, and all of that information is there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, if anyone ever has a question about membership, Kelly's always open to speak with them. Again, to access Kelly's information, feel free to go to that, OregonHFMA.org. Click on our chapter leadership. Kelly's face also shows up, and there's an opportunity to click and send her an email as well. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we end the podcast? No, Meredith, thanks for joining. So great to have you. It was great to be here. Super fun. Thank you. Very good. And we look forward to hearing from everyone or having you join us on our next episode of Imagine Amazing. Thank you.